and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Jocelyn DeClue. And Colin Cunningham. And Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart. Okay, stop it there, because we could get sued. Copyright notices. Okay, Paul McCartney, he's just going around listening to podcasts. Yeah, he's like, I want to know what people said about the movie I had nothing to do with. Yeah, but does he even own these songs? Because No, he doesn't. <laughs> didn't like Michael Jackson buy them back from him? Or yeah, uh, well, I don't know who owns them at this point. To make the moves, this movie, I, yeah, Robert Stigwood bought a bunch of his songs, so apparently the Beatles songs are just up for sale. Well, yeah, Robert were... Stigwood owned 29 of them, and he's like, I gotta do something with them, and that's why this <laughs> but movie I think exists. When they were doing, uh, he was doing those videos of Michael Jackson, like Say, Say, Say. I think he told Michael Jackson about, oh, a good investment is like buying like musical uh, mm-hmm. recordings, like libraries and stuff. And then Michael Jackson was like, yeah, oh, it's a good idea. And then he bought all the Beatles catalog. And then their, <laughs> Paul their McCartney friendship was, so was never recovered. <laughs> oh, the Beatles um, and Michael Jackson? No, yes. Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Oh, oh I was going to say, they're all uh, in whatever afterlife they're in playing yeah. uh, air hockey with the devil. Oh, yeah. whoops, well, gave it away there. Um, so today we're talking about... Sar- Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, Club Band. Oh my I God, it's a very long title. The show. Um, the I movie, did not. The um, movie <laughs> oh, starring the, the Beatles and Peter Frampton um, and a bajillion celebrities. Starring from- who? The- Sha-na-na, Donovan, Dame Edna. <laughs> Dame Edna. Edna. Did I say the Beatles or the Bee Gees? I think he said the Beatles. I meant well, to say the Bee Gees. Yeah, well, they're just as good as the Beatles. Wait, I should say right from the get-go, I've never seen this movie because it is a famous turd. And I was like, no, yeah, I, thank you. I was... I was telling April, I'd heard about it. I think like Rolling Stone did a magazine about like, you know, famous failed musicals or something like this. And this was their number one for like worst musical Which of all time. It's weird because I love the Beatles music and I so love I. big, lavish musical things like this, like the Apple or Jesus Christ Superstar. But yeah. this is so hated that I didn't even come within a hundred feet of it. I just never, and when April mentioned uh, we were going to have to watch it. I, I think I groaned out loud April, multiple times. What like, uh, YouTube bad movie review show or, and or <laughs> podcast did this movie? Well, believe it or not. Um, well, actually, the reason I picked it this week is because my mom recommended it. Um, because, um, she, Wait, recommended it for the show or yeah, just in for, general? For the show. Wait um, a minute. Did she, she win the uh, lottery? Because... <laughs> <laughs> no, she. Well, uh, see, that's why people. You got to keep suggesting movies to us because it might get picked. It, not lottery. She was. Uh, she saw caught it on TV the other night and was like, "Have I got a movie for your what podcast?" Channel? <laughs> I don't know what way. channel. Um, but I heard about this movie uh, back in like 2000 because there was a special on VH1 or much more music if you live in Canada where um, they they were talking about how it was a huge failure and so that's how I had uh, ever heard of it much never more saw music. it the <laughs> uh, channel that I would always turn on and go when am I going to see a Weird Al video oh, I don't think Weird Al was ever on much more music never you could see? maybe catch no. fat uh, if you're lucky <laughs> Much more music was supposed to be like for the classier adults of music mm. fans. I guess. So was that a spinoff for Much Music? Oh, for yeah. People, there was people a, the that much don't more know. Music and Much Music were different channels. I don't even remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, they were different was, channels. Okay, so for those that don't know, MTV in Canada was basically called Much Music. It was like but a it was whole our own. It was our own thing. version of MTV, basically. And Much I Music still... made big shiny tunes, right? Uh, yeah, which was basically yes. a compilation of the years 
best songs or biggest hits. Sorry, Silverchair was definitely on there. Dude, the Big Shiny Tunes albums were great, but I still remember Much Music was Channel 29 and Much More Music was 36. YTV 25. I remember going to a party at my friend's place. I knew this buddy who was, he, he's like the type of guy he would show up at your party and would take over the stereo immediately mm-hmm. to DJ because he, he didn't like anybody's taste in music except his own. And then we went to a party with some high school friends of ours. And one of the high school friends had like, my friend looked at his musical collection and it was all big shiny tunes, CDs. I definitely had did, a lot of them. And he, and he just, he grabbed me and he's like, we're leaving now. So he's, As opposed he's to what, like Weezer and the Replacements? That's like the exact scene from Local Legends, Justin, where he's like, she only has the Billy Joel compilation yeah, albums. Yeah, it's right. like the compilation Listen, albums. That this was like CD binder that's portable and that I keep under the, you know, my car on the passenger seat only has so yeah. many slots in it. It's exactly. True. Yeah, but he would, that was like the sign that you had like shit musical taste. You would just get the the biggest hits of the year, and uh, he just had a stack of them. And he just said, "We're leaving now." Big Shiny Tunes them. was uh, very beautifully choreographed or uh, cataloged. <laughs> yeah. Cho- choreographed because I was dancing to it, and I had choreography <laughs> for every song. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this movie. Um, I didn't to. think it was as bad as its reputation. No, I no. loved three quarters of it. I, I was I all in it. until I'm like, yeah. oh, it was just a concert movie. Well, the, uh, the the thing is, is this movie is very campy and it's high, like it's a, it's it's high camp musical, kind of like your Phantom of the Paradise, Rocky Horror, but yeah. nowhere near as good as either of those movies. No, no. Um, because it's the 1978, so it has that very 70s look and feel to it. Um, and it sounds like it would have all the things I would like. I love the Beatles. Um, I listened to the so Beatles a ton in my uh, college years. Me so too. Much so it's that the I, law. I, you have to listen to the Beatles. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> so much so that I I would never sit down and listen Hell, to an album today because I, I listened to Watch way this movie too made much. me want to go and start listening to the Beatles again. It made me well, too. We yeah. all have the songs in our heads, right? I mean, I, I definitely yeah, did. We do. Uh, after watching, there it. was a few that you didn't know, April. <clears throat> yeah, so which was weird. To apparently, me. I really I had a, I because had all the songs the are from version. Abbey Road or Sgt. Pepper's Lonely. I know. Yeah, she didn't know fixing a hole. I didn't yeah. have the whole version of Sgt. Pepper's because in my day we downloaded our albums. And <laughs> Off was of LimeWire, you're like, Na- wait, I don't remember this weird out parody. There's so many swears in it. No, it was like Napster. I, uh, yeah, I missed. So there were actually some. Beatles songs in this I didn't know. Can you imagine? I'm a horrible fan. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to see uh, an 85-year-old George Burns doing soft shoe oh, to... Oh, please. Just while, let, while him, singing, let him rest. While, while talk singing uh, Fixing a Hole. This is the movie for you. So, anyway, what I was <laughs> just going to say is this movie has some good musical sequences, but it has a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of problems. <laughs> and the biggest problem is they didn't get actors, they got musicians, and oh, none of them could act. Disagree. Yes. I loved watching the Bee Gees do shtick, and Holy I crap. adored Peter Frampton's uh, dollar store Roger... Um, who's the Roger guy from Daltrey. The Roger Daltrey shtick that he was doing. <laughs> I know exactly who you're saying. Peter yeah. Frampton's faces in this oh, was so like... His good. eyes he were like bugging out. Such a dweeb in like his reactions <laughs> yeah. to everything. Uh, I don't really know anything... Yeah, uh, other than that, like that Simpsons joke uh, oh, about yeah. Peter Frampton. I hey, don't Mr. Frampton, him. you're not going to eat all this watermelon. <laughs> yeah, actually, Peter Frampton, my knowledge of him is just from that Simpsons. Can episode. you feel? <laughs> Can you? 
I bought that pig at Pink Floyd's yard sale. All I know is he can uh, he can make his guitar talk. So yeah, yeah Peter Frampton uh, doing a little bit of research. I had heard him before, but he's not somebody who like you hear his music played all that much these days. No, I, he was I in Humble Pie. Right. Uh, what are the hits of Humble Pie? I, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I didn't look it up, but uh, I think Peter Frampton did that. Ooh, baby, I love you way, I think. Oh. And that gets radio play on like the oldie stations. Oh, is it, did he do that one? Uh, that's what I read in Wikipedia today. Unless it's a different baby, I love your way. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry if I'm getting this because our, our fans are probably like, you idiots, you don't know Peter But Frampton, like his big huge. hit was uh, Frampton Comes Alive, his live album. Yeah, I remember that, but I, I like I, I know the album, but I just mm-hmm. don't know any songs. So like yeah, I couldn't listen to a song and say like he oh yeah, talks I don't through know. his guitar. That was his whole shtick. So his he used the famous talk box, which is like uh, you talk into it, sing, and it makes it sound like a robot voice. And lots of other artists, which they do in it. this movie. Which they do oh, use yeah. in this movie, which I like. Love those bondage sex robots in this movie. Yeah, that was so crazy. But the first thing you just have to point out that you have to know about this movie is that there's no dialogue. Yes. <laughs> the only dialogue. I like that is George Ooh. Burns. A little yeah. bit too much George Burns, in my opinion. Yeah, so he... Not he, enough, in he my opinion. He comes in in these, like, shot separately sequenced to, to narrate what's happening, mm-hmm. and the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton go through the plot of this movie, and they're talking, but... The they're audio not is mic'd, muted. So, um, so they're just like miming. Which, yeah, it kind of adds up to this really creepy vibe of the movie where you see people like, you know, at one point like Earth, Wind & Fire are playing a concert and you see the crowd reacting to the show, but you hear no noise. You hear them, from, so it's like quiet. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of almost like a silent film. And there's even intertitles that come up throughout mm-hmm. the movie to let you know what's happening. I want to yeah. ask Colin, though, do you have uh, a relationship with George Burns? With George Burns? Yeah, like, what is he from? I know of him. Yeah, I I also know of him, but I don't know anything about him. No. uh, He's a comedian. Not really. He's an old-timey comedian. He smoked Mm -hmm. cigars. Uh, he's and God. Oh, God. Wife, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, it was. he was a big deal in like the 80s. He did the Oh, God movies. That was like... My God. Kind of- there's Speaking of God, there is three <laughs> Oh, God movies. I've never even heard of this. I think the first one has like John Denver is the star or something like that. I, huh. I can't remember. I, don't, I never saw those movies. I don't know anything about them, but he was just like omnipresent. George it looks Burns. like doing very brief research right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He was famous for the George Burns and Gracie Allen show. Which was yeah. a 1950 to 1958 sitcom. So eight seasons. That's a long time. Yeah. He'd always say, say goodnight to the folks, Gracie. Yeah. And he that's was in the Sunshine second. Boys as well with Walter Matthau. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I don't think I've ever seen a movie no. starring him. I know that he was in, wasn't, was that him in um, 18 again? Yes, uh, it is him in 18 the, again. The original 18 again, yeah. oh, okay. obviously. Yeah, I, I only know that because it was reviewed by another podcast. I haven't actually seen it. He was only like 95 Was he in point. Cocoon? No, he was not. Okay. No, he, he was too old for Cocoon, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think they found his body in a cocoon. In like oh, wow. <laughs> he's still alive. No, he's not. He and I will away. say that like, he is charismatic he, in this movie. Didn't he live, he live to like 100 uh, uh, I'm gonna look right I'm now. Sure he, he, I feel like real. he, yeah, he, uh, like, he did. 1896 to 1996, 100 years. Jesus of age. He was like famous for being old. Oh yeah, yes, he's like th- from the beginning of time. He was old. He was one of those. Well, Betty White's almost gonna outlive him. Yeah, jeez, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he plays the mayor of the town in this mm-hmm. movie, Heartland, um, Heartland, Heartland, USA. Um, but like he, so he's like telling the story, but he also has like a role in it. 
Um, yeah, but, but he, he is in some scenes, but apparently they brought him in because the BGs were so shit at acting. And, and like, they had British accents they yeah, couldn't hide. them and Peter Frampton. So. so do you think that they had shot a part of this movie with them actually saying the lines and halfway through they brought George Burns in to smooth it out? That's I, what I, I think. That I saw an interview with Alice Cooper that made it sound like that was the case. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we weren't there. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, they probably uh, it might have been discovered during like... We should talk about Robert Stigwood a little bit because he yeah. was a huge success. And I think this movie ruined his career. Yeah, he was the producer for the Bee Gees and uh, Cream and Eric Clapton. and The then producer he, or the manager? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, the manager. And then he produced uh, Grease. It was a huge Grease hit. Grease and Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Huge. Huge hits and, in the but Jesus Christ Greece Superstar. Come out he produced this? Jesus Christ Superstar? Yep. Oh my God. Uh, oh no, no, Greece Gre- came out the same year, 1978. I thought it was 77. Anyway, oh. um, yeah. Uh, Greece was a huge hit. And uh, Saturday so- Night Fever came out. He did this movie to, I don't know, propel the Bee Gees to superstardom. But this movie but- actually uh, did okay financially. It was just ravaged by critics and became a joke. Really, and I think yeah. that their main, uh, the one of the main um, uh, goals for this movie was like Saturday Night Fever to make money off the album mm-hmm. because the Saturday Night Fever album is one of the most successful movie soundtracks of all time, and it um, kind of hit during the filming of this movie. Yes, that's what I read. And we should point out that this is directed by one of the big like '70s music feature film guys, Michael Schultz, mm-hmm. who had done Car Wash, Coolie High. The Last Dragon. Uh, yep, he would go on to do The Last Dragon. Didn't he have another? Oh, he also did, um, it's not Def Jam, uh, Crush Groove. Yeah. Well, then he why had, does this movie look so bad? He has, oh, like, I disagree. <laughs> uh, did you watch like the iTunes version, the high def one? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, this guy is like 112 directing credits, and he's still directing to this day. Yeah, he Whoa. became a TV guy. I yeah. think that pretty much after Sgt. Pepper's, he was like banished to TV coming back every now and then like in 85 he did crush groove and last dragon in the same year uh excuse me you're forgetting a little movie uh starring the fat boys called disorderly <laughs> disorderly that's right because uh, the fat boys are in crush groove are they really yep they play themselves oh fuck. so oh. uh yeah so this movie starts with a montage of and this is very confusing that sergeant pepper was a real person but he is not who this movie's about <laughs> yeah. Well, so the, it starts as all good musicals should uh, in a battle in World, World War One. <laughs> I was very is... disappointed that Sergeant Pepper comes out and they're like he was the last secret weapon. I was hoping that he would like play his music and like the soldiers would start dancing and stuff like that. It doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. really happen. <laughs> he just kind of marches. Uh, yeah, and then it cuts town. away. So I guess it's like uh, the the Allies deploy him and his band and they play music and you know spreads peace and love all <laughs> over all over the the world. Uh, that joke about like uh, bringing the best weapon we have reminds me of that amazing Monty Python joke in the first episode where it's like the funniest joke in the world. Oh, <laughs> have you yeah. ever seen that, Colin? Yeah, where they it's march like, through town and all the Germans and they translate it yeah, to German. In German and they're <laughs> laughing and then they die because it's so funny. <laughs> it is kind of like that. Except uh, when he dies. But so we see throughout the years, they also deploy them during World War II. It's like the beginning of Wolverine, right? It um, is. Oh, my God. Um, where he, they, they, he goes through all the world wars <laughs> and playing, getting older and playing. Uh, wait, wait. Who is the guy that plays Sgt. Pepper? Or is I don't think famous? it's that. I don't no, think it's no. anybody. April was saying it's like uh, the intro for Wolverine. Where, uh, <laughs> where he's going through time. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's going through all the different wars. I wish he was like morphing as he played the song. <laughs> and he's like getting blasted in the chest by a big cannonball in yeah. like, the Civil War. And he's like, and I never found love. Hence the name of the band, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> the, the weird thing about this movie is... Um, the Beatles, one weird thing. Beatles lyrics are, I think, meant to be nonsensical. You're not supposed to go into them and then try and make... A, a, oh. a plot or oh, a but they will. They will. They do try, yeah. but the point like who like, is this person called Mister Mustard? I wonder if this <laughs> will play into something at some point. Yeah, like it's just supposed to be some funny. Like it's not supposed to. I I, I don't. I'm not a Beatles historian, so whatever. I mean, yeah, they're all sort of. Uh, how would you say like Gibberish. stand standalone? Not necessarily yeah. gibberish. Like you know, each song on its own can kind of make sense, unless you know. So after this opening, uh, I guess Sergeant Pepper and his Lonely Hearts Club band uh, fell in a vat of wax. So then they made them into dummies and set them up in the uh, (laughs) town museum. Yeah, they become statues and now or mannequins. Well, they haven't become statues. (laughs) They made statues of them. (laughs) No. So he comes back. He's being celebrated by the town. He's from Heartland, USA. And as they're, what are they going to do? He's going to play one last last song. And he had a heart attack during it. And then he dies. So they, yes. uh, in honor of a Sergeant Pepper, they make a, a golden like weather vane that they put mm-hmm. on the the city hall. Also, always... but they have statues that are holding their magical instruments. I was I was hoping so bad that at one point they would come to life. You know, in this movie, it's possible. Yeah, like the they... instruments are so important, and somehow it doesn't end with them playing a song and shooting lasers at the villain. How? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I'm going to say this again. The big problem I have with the movie is about three quarters of the way through, it feels like the cocaine wore out, and they're like, I don't know, we have... We have a bunch of songs at the end, so whatever, just end But it. you wanted to end like Kiss versus the uh, Phantom I, of the Theme Park? You know what? I've never seen Kiss versus the Phantom Park. Hey, guys, it's, did you know that Kiss turned down this movie yeah. to do Kiss and the Phantom of the Park? Oh, yeah, yeah, they star in that one. So. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Uh, they were supposed to have the role that Aerosmith had at the very end. Mm, that makes sense. Aerosmith. Uh, but getting back to the plot, so we jump to the present <laughs> where I guess it's uh, Peter Frampton is the grandson of Sergeant Pepper. He's his eldest son, Billy Shears. Okay. Pfft. Not a very lonely heart if he has so many kids. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Yeah, so he's name-checked in the song. Maybe he just hated his wife. He, uh, had he a has lonely a heart. brother. Now, what's the brother's name? Doug something, Dougie isn't Shears. it? Dougie mm-hmm. Shears. Now, I will say, this guy is the only good actor in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think because he's an actual I think you're not... I think your uh, definition of good acting is too narrow because <laughs> I love the Bee Gees in this. Anytime they, they do shtick, like at one point, one of them gets his earphones dragged, off, uh, like pulled <laughs> off his head and he reacts like three seconds too late. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're terrible. He grabs his ears like someone stabbed him being like, yeah. ah. <laughs> but because they're not talking, they're doing all this theatrical, yeah. like, you know, pantomime. physical pantomime acting. And like and the nice. drummer so bad. is like, just this bald guy that's like in like that's who looks like he should Gibb. be in a Bee Gees cover band. Yeah, Maurice Gibb. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's the worst. He's he's reacting so much less. And there were a ton of drugs on this set, according oh, to yeah. MDB. Yeah. So they were all on drugs. 
And uh, what was it? They all had drug problems. And then Barry Gibbs said he would see like crew members go by with bags of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, just on the set. <laughs> so like, it was oh, everywhere. God. And uh, uh, I think that maybe Maurice Gibb was the one who was on the downers because he's like, <laughs> he's very muted. They put him on uh, the drums for. Yeah, you know, well, the movie. Barry Gibb is also on a downer, but you can't tell because his hair takes up three quarters of his head. <laughs> oh, I love that hair. <laughs> oh, his lion's mane. But, so this is when I fell in love with the movie. Uh, where there's this long take that's so gimmicky of like people jumping in and out of shot. You see the band obviously run into uh, the center of the frame off camera as they're playing. I think it's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, right? Yeah. That yeah, Peter Frampton song? starts with. Yeah. yeah. And then the introduction to Peter Frampton, I'm like, look at this nerd. <laughs> and he's the lead singer. He's very, yes! very slight. He's very yeah. super, super skinny. Anyway, the, I like the, the guy that played his brother who introduced him. He's, he's the actually guy really good. obsessed with money. Yeah, he's a British actor. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, you said called... they're the only good actor? I think you're... Oh, with, I mean, Good. Donald Pleasance and his uh, hairpiece is also in this movie. Uh, Donald Pleasance, who looks like a sleazy version of Ringo Starr. <laughs> he does. <laughs> it must be have been. It must have been based on him because he's you know other than the gold tooth, it peace looks and love, so peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> Don't send me any letters anymore. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> anyway, it's a super, it starts off with a simple plot, which is this is like this, you know, young band and he has a girlfriend named Strawberry Fields. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I Frampton. wonder if this will play into it at yeah, some point. And then they get like a letter uh, calling them to uh, uh, was Hollywood, it Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood to be big time musicians. So obviously they get into their, their hot air balloon. <laughs> yep, as you do, right? Um, and they say, off for California. Well, uh, they get hit by a plane and then they appear on the plane, making the rest of the movie a death dream of the <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. What do you think that whole day in the life sequence was? Yeah. We'll get to the end of this movie, which well, is Well, we skipped insane. as well. Is that like, if you want the most literal version of the songs, you're going to get it. Oh, Are yeah. they lying in a barn and uh, it's the beginning of the day and they look up into the light and go, here comes the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The thing is, though i don't think that the musical numbers were creative enough some oh, i thought so i thought that i was very impressed that until the end none of the musical numbers would stop the story dead like stuff would be happening through know. them as they sang the song i, I disagree i feel like really? a lot of the musical numbers are just a flat shot of somebody singing and they goes on forever i disagree <laughs> I think like, yeah. I don't know what movie you watched. No, it feels like there are about maybe two or three too many songs in this. But I they agree. The entire song too, yeah. where it's like you know you could cut the last chorus. They don't. They, I think you're thinking of the end, like the last half of the movie, where I agree with you, where it's like Steve Martin sings a song, and it's like okay, that, okay, the last that is half, the yeah. worst. I was actually looking forward to Steve Martin in this movie. Mm-hmm. That was fucking a nightmare to listen to. That is the w- most unpleasant thing I well, can imagine. Well, there's nothing worse than taking it, like, making, uh, like, talk singing a song. Now, I like, hate, uh, I've got a thing against talk singing. I hate it too. so much. Because I like it, though, when you take uh, songs and you put them into, like, you know, if it's a male singer, you make it into dialogue with, like, a woman singing or stuff like that. I find that fun. And the be- I, I found that the first half of the movie did that a lot. Like right. uh, when they sing, they sing uh, "She's So Heavy" for like oh God. ten minutes. Seemingly, I had, I had to plug my ears. Yeah, it's but really not because bad. it's bad. And I, I know that was so it was intentional. Heavy. 
damn. Oh yeah, there's like a real like crunchy guitar in their version. There was like a towards the end of that song, they're basically playing white noise, and we have mm-hmm. surround sound, and that was hurting my little ears. Yeah, it was coming oh. out of like all speakers. Um, but, but I like, like it. talk you know, singing. There was a there was a Beatles tribute album that came out. I think it was in the '90s, mm-hmm. where it was like a whole bunch of celebrities did covers of Beatles tunes. Oh, no, so like, thank you. Jim Jim Carrey did like oh, I am so the Walrus singers. Uh, no, so like Goldie Hawn did oh one, boy. and Sean Connery. It was all just like Sean Connery did a song, and I can't remember what song it was, but it was all just like talk singing. I was like, oh, I think it was Hard Day's Night. It's been a hard, it was day's, a hard night. day's night. And I've been working like a doll. Yeah, talk singing only works <laughs> if it's like the beginning of the song, and then you get into the singing part, like that. You like how you would tra- like a, in a musical where yeah. you're talking, and then it transitions into yeah. the song seamlessly. And this movie didn't do that because there is no talking. Well, so. Donald Pleasance gets into a, a some talk singing. Thankfully, not very long. So does the Mean Mr. Mustard song. Oh, yeah. That's talk singing too. Fuck, but I actually so liked bad. that song because the robots sing. Oh, okay. So uh, does anybody want to pick this as their favorite thing? <laughs> You can have it. Oh, the sex robots? Yeah. Well, it's not my favorite. I could pick something else later on. But I have I, something else. I uh, was so amused by these sex robots that they're not a one-time joke either. They are supporting characters in this movie. They are through the whole movie. And they have yeah. one of the best musical numbers. I forgot. It was, the Mean Mr. Mustard, right? Uh, was that or She's Leaving when she's... Uh, it's Strawberry She's Fields. Leaving. It's uh, the amazing part where... Because the Bee Gees, um, uh, Sergeant Pepper, went to the big time, uh, their instruments were stolen, and the town has just devolved <laughs> into, honestly, looks way more fun than what it used to be. There's arcades all over the place. Looks yeah, like April said it was, like, it was like Pottersville or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because isn't Pottersville a lot more fun than... Um, yes, it is. Falls. That's the joke. Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. Yeah. <laughs> Bedford Falls. Boring. Give me yeah. some Pottersville. Wow, they got a lot more hookers in the... Yeah. Oh my role. God! My wife, she's turned into what's worst of all—a librarian. <laughs> hey, they, they still have a library. A in single librarian. Which is it's probably porno books, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pornos and comics like Tales from the Crypt. Uh, but yeah, so these robots—they're—they're they're women in these skin-tight black. Uh, suits that look like gimp suits yeah they do <laughs> yeah and they have like a telephone cord hair yeah they're so cool and i love this sound they have that like vocorder uh sound That's the to talk them. box kind of yeah it's so cool but the, <laughs> they're, uh, they're two peter framptons that were put in there for the play screen <laughs> <laughs> i'm here in double uh, <laughs> Peter Frampton. yeah they do the she's leaving home and it's great it's such a it's a cool version of the song I guess I do, I don't know that song, so it didn't mm. it didn't stick out to me in my memory. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> one of the ones like, I listen, didn't. Download. I know two Beatles songs: <laughs> "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds" and that Ringo Starr one. <laughs> don't know Bo- which it is. Photograph. Yeah. I don't. Need, I don't need. I don't know that one. <laughs> that no, was wait, from the one Ringo's was the octopus. Solo. That's a Ringo Starr one, right? Uh, Octopus's Garden. Yeah. Ringo did a bunch, but uh, <laughs> no, Photograph is like his big solo hit. Mm, I think like Paul okay. McCartney probably wrote it for him. <laughs> so the plot continues on where uh her name is it is her full name strawberry fields yes, yes strawberry fields yes she goes to the big city the big smoke as they call it mm. to uh get back peter frampton and the Bee Gees because all their instruments have been stolen and taken to these nefarious lairs where they will be tortured by having to listen to people sing songs that have nothing to do with anything well like it's it's there's like Two plots. It starts off with the plot of them going to L.A. and becoming stars and being seduced by um, Lucy and her diamonds, which is like this um, 
a young black singer who is portrayed in this really like negative like misogynistic way she just like wants money and she works for the company and so she's trying to seduce um billy shears but then that doesn't mm-hmm. work so she ends up with the brother um so it's like Dougie. okay um and well there's a great scene at the dinner table yeah so i'm gonna say this is my favorite part because uh it got really creative because they're at the dinner table and they're drinking and they're getting more drunk and they're all signing the the paper it's very fam- phantom of the paradise they're signing the contract yeah. and the props keep getting bigger and bigger yeah these giant it's like a it's like a zazz movie yeah they start off normal and then they get bigger and bigger and then the money is also like two or three times size of regular money and this is still while she's so heavy is playing too it's like the 10 minutes and by by the time they get to maurice at the end of the table and then and then they go to peter frampton and donald pleasance is putting like drugs yeah and their clothes change when they uh when they sign the document oh yeah that's right they, yeah, like, they have BT pops or, into um, it's like BD Bratwurst, I think. Was yeah, Donald he Pleasant's has name. like a, a, a record label. Yeah, um, so then and, and as soon as they would sign, their shirts would change to like BD, like property. Yeah, very similar to the record label in uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Which one was first? I don't know, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, when did Phantom of the Paradise came? It was come around out? this time. Uh, 1974. So yeah, oh, much whoa, before wow. this. Yeah. So this movie ripped it off. Yeah, it was obviously. kind of like same. It's giving me the, the those type of vibes, and I was I was watching. Yeah, and then there's like an orgy, and well, also there's a scene where they're on like. The oh, bed there's and, an orgy or a sex scene on a rotating record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's also very similar to uh, some of the shots from Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, oh, was that like Paul Williams' bed or something? Was it on a? Well, Paul Williams had to be in bed with the Phoenix because if they were standing up, he would be way too short. So. <laughs> How is Paul Williams not in this movie? He famously did everything. He was too. Well, he was probably like uh, no. Yeah, he was probably on like um, Love Boat or something while they were shooting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, this. he was. No, he was on the Muppet Show. Yeah, that's right. We actually watched him on the Muppet Show. Uh, they have all the Muppet shows on Disney now. Disney hmm. Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, not actually, all of them. So, well, no, all of them. a couple of controversial ones. Well, there were some. Some actually weren't on there because of copyright issues. Yeah, so that's why uh, it's copyright reasons yeah. why some of them are not included. Uh, and then there was one where the guy was like a pedophile or something. Ooh, oh, was, oh, was Jeffrey Jones on it? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it the guy from Seventh Heaven? No, he was. Uh, oh my God, there's so many of them. He was a writer on the Muppet Michael Show. Michael Jackson? No, not right. But uh, yeah, we watched the one with Blondie and. Uh, uh, Paul Williams. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun. Two different. Oh, I wish the Muppets had shown up in this. I actually remembered those episodes from the time that I watched them, like in the seventies, I guess. Holy! Yeah, again, moly. the Muppets yeah. are not too goofy to be in this movie. No. <laughs> a surprise. We've got, we've got telephone robots. Why, well, like everybody shows up at the end of this movie, right? Jose um, Feliciano. Tina well, Turner, yeah. Donovan, <laughs> Shanana. Well, well, we'll we'll get to that. But like, so <laughs> Strawberry shows up, and then she brings up the plot of we got to get those stolen instruments. Well, Mean Mr. Mustard is being directed. He, he's got this like van, this creepy van that he drives and, around. And uh, the tall guys in this. Oh yeah, uh, the yeah, fireman from, uh, from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. And and many other things. Lurch yeah, from, from the Adams family. Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. What is that man's name? Uh, Carol Strukian or something like that. You guys know him, the super super tall guy. Yeah. He's uh, bald and very very white. He's in this, you guys. Mm-hmm. He plays like uh, <laughs> this guy named the Brute. I don't know why I'm so impressed that he's in this when this movie has like Steve Martin in it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but Steve Martin's section sucks. Anything with the brute, who, oh, just God. in case you forget his name, he has brute on the back of his jacket. Yeah, he's like the muscle for me, Mr. Mustard. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they... Uh, Mr. Mustard is being directed. He's got this like big video screen and it keeps giving him directions like steal their instruments. And so there's like this um, uh, deep state overlord QAnon thing, like directing <laughs> these people to do. And they're like, brainwashing and as we'll get to youths. it, it's the most evil band that ever existed. Although Aerosmith. Aerosmith. I, have to, I have to bring up something. Um, this movie had kind of similar things to the Wall movie. Oh, I'd never seen mm-hmm. that. You never saw that? Good movie. Alan um, Clark. Did that? I think that came out after this, though. Didn't that come out in the early 80s? I think so. I believe so. Um, uh, yeah. I do not remember. Because uh, that movie, ha- ha- in, in this movie, they dress uh, their fascists up, fascists up in Boy Scout outfits. Right. In the Wall, they actually put them in Nazi uniforms. Yeah. They go there. Yeah, 1982, and not yeah. Alan Clark, the director of Scum. This was directed by Alan Parker, the director of Fame. And Mississippi Burning, didn't he do that as well? Yep, he also did Mississippi Burning and The Commitments and Evita yep. and Midnight Express. Yeah, anyway, so that's just a, that's a much better musical movie that looks at a concept album and I mean, tries to... I mean, Tommy is the best. I love Tommy. You know, Tommy. I've never seen that. And speaking of oh uh, bad singing, oh boy, uh, everybody say, Oliver Reed, you ever want to hear him sing? Oof, I think he was supposed to be in this, too. But he was angry about Tommy. Too yeah. drunk. <laughs> mean, mean Mr. Mustard. Oh, God, Oliver Reed. Anyway, that movie just has a similar, like, uh, uh, representation of power structures and are taking over, kind of like in yeah. The Apple, where there's, like, a, this evil corporation that's making people yeah, sing and I, dance I mean, and it's stuff. Not, it's not a new idea when it comes to, like, it's you know, the musicians come to the big city and they get, you know, sell their soul to the devil. and Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the band, they go, they are uh, convinced instantly to uh, go on a quest to find their instruments. They do not need to be talked down from their life of decadence in L.A. Yeah, like at all. Um, nope. And so now we're at the part where it's just like musical number after musical Boring. number. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and some of them are just miserable. Like we've already said. Oh, man. Steve Martin. Oh, He does Maxwell Silver Holy Hammer. shit. Yeah, um, but then they fight with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, and I mean, Steve Martin has at least given it some energy, but that... that uh, uh, number is, is not good. Is Maxwell Silverhammer <sighs> anyone's favorite Beatles song? Uh, I don't know about favorite. I remember like, I used to like it. Uh, yeah. It's okay. It's, nah, it's, nah, it's about a guy who hits people on the head. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a fun tune, but his performance is so bad. It's so lethargic and just like, oh, it just sucks this is the energy. before Little Shop of Horrors. Um, and, uh, it's kind of a similar outfit. He's yeah. wearing the, I think you know, he the said surgeon he, outfit. Yeah, I think he said he kind of influenced his performance. Well, this and, probably helped get him that role. Oh, Jesus you know? Christ. I don't know. Like, if I saw him in this, I would say, get him out of my movie. He's not in... So he, he, in this, he plays a plastic surgeon that is making old people look young, as you do in Hollywood. It's like this assembly line that he's got, where yeah. like old people come in, and then they, they turn into these young, like handsome people. But and yeah. uh, he's a... He's singing right to camera, right? A few people yeah. in this sync talk to the camera. Not everybody, just some people do. The mean Mr. Mustard guy, who, who I don't even know who that actor is. He's like a bridge comedian. Uh, yeah, I think his... Uh, this he was just like talks his, directly to the camera. Yeah. He's kind of hamming up. It's like every scene that he's in, though, it, it kind of goes to like the sped up motion, like Benny Hill or something. Yeah, um, it was... Uh, Wacky a, a different, A different, a different tone altogether, really. 
Yeah, but this uh, the Steve Martin performance, man, it just sucks the energy right out of the movie. Yeah, I think that his number is like, woo, like the fi- like the film just kind of nosedives, and it definitely does not uh, pick up any uh, speed when Alice Cooper shows up. Oh, no. doesn't God. even get a song. What is going on? Yeah, he does? was kind of singing. <laughs> yeah, in that but video. he's just kind of doing a voice. That's that's his thing. <laughs> that's his thing. So apparently, <laughs> scary voice. Uh, yeah, I didn't even realize it was him. I thought it was Frank Zappa or something. Yeah, because he had the because he had the mustache. He had the mustache. So he came out. He was in rehab at the time for alcoholism, and he got a three day break from rehab to come and shoot his scenes for this. Movie. Oh no, it's the worst place <laughs> he could go. Oh, yeah, and he thought it was going to be a big hit, and so he's just in this scene of like kids in a classroom in a black void watching the indoctrination video and his music video is on the screen and it's horribly ugly and uh the whole scene is ugly and it's just like dark and shadowy yeah he was trying to sing it like john lennon was it because yeah i think so and then uh uh george martin the producer is just like sing it like alice cooper would sing it and it's can you imagine alice cooper trying to do a john lennon (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it might have been better than what it was. I have no idea. I don't idea. know. It's so bad. And but, then the BGs uh, I mean, come and punch and beat him up. The only thing, and from like here on, I think from the Steve Martin bit, it's just the energy just just goes I agree. down. The energy is just like it's oof. broken until my favorite part is uh, is next the Earth Wind and Fire concert. No, uh, because next wait is it. The Earth, Wind, and Fire concert next? Yeah, because they get into, uh, they sneak into Mean Mr. Mustard's van. Well, there's mm. there's a couple other things. There's like the Earth, Wind, yeah, and Fire. Yeah, because doesn't Peter Frampton, he gets electrocuted, and then uh, Strawberry Fields sings Strawberry Field, which yeah, is confusing. that well, was another song that seemingly went on forever. Well, why are put, you singing about yourself? <laughs> they put fake tears on her face. No, and, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. That was on Peter Frampton's face. I think she yeah, had Peter fake Frampton. tears. She was too. crying for real. Well, that's not what I heard. I heard Peter Frampton was crying for real because he was thinking about his dead friend. Well, his, his tears... <laughs> I thought you were going to say his career. <laughs> <laughs> After this movie, definitely. Yeah. No, he, she was she was crying out of her eye holes. She he he had like painted uh, tears on his face. Um, but yeah, it, again, it's just like these close up shots of her sitting over him singing this like five minute song, and it's just so boring. Which is fine. She does like a good. She does uh, have a good a voice. Good rendition of it. Like she's a good singer, but it's just like God. Remember the her her earliest song in the movie? I forget what it was, but the bass was mixed so. Here comes loud. the sun. Was the first time she sings. Yeah. Here comes. The yeah, maybe sun. it was that one. But I felt mm-hmm. like the bass was mixed louder than her singing, and so she's singing the song, and it's just like. The bass, yeah, the bass. And band, I love bass, but he was taking the bass line for a while. I mean, every, all of her bad. songs are all "I don't know how to love." <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Yvonne Yelman um, was in that big group at the end of the movie. Oh, was she? I didn't see her, but her name was in the credits. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, she's a good so singer. From there, but, the plot yeah. gets very confused. Where they decide to just have a concert. <laughs> They go home and have a benefit concert um, to raise money for the, the record company wants to to steal all the money that they raise. Which is just them watching Earth, Wind and Fire <laughs> sing a song. Yeah, and they come down in these like big, uh, it was like the opening, like the Spinal Tap show or something like that, where they, they come down in these big plastic cocoons or Pods. something. Pods. and then Earth, Wind and Fire come out and they do a pretty good version of, you know, but again, you're just watching the entire song. What did they, what song did they do? If uh, I, I remembered earlier, it was Sunday Mondays on the phone to Monday. Uh, she came in through the bathroom window. No, they they didn't do that one. Did oh Christ! I think they did. 
She came in through the bathroom window. No, yeah. got to get you into my life. Yes. Oh, that's the one they did? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you know what? A lot of these songs sound very similar. <laughs> it's like yeah, Beatles. the Beatles. Real one note. Um, but uh, I liked their costumes a lot. And they, I, I just, if there was, so, like you were saying earlier, there's this weird lack of energy in that performance. And it's not you their like fault. You like Earth, Wind, and Fire's oh, costumes? Oh, no. Not yeah. their performance. It was no, like in Steve. like the way it was shot. No, the way, uh, I, it just shot like a concert movie at this point. Yeah, it definitely true. feels like Coke ran out on, on set. And I love, For sure. I really, I'm actually, I really like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, I, I thought they were fine, but at that point, it's just like, God, how many more songs are we going to hear? You know, that that should have been like... And there's like 10 You should have been building up to, to Earth, Wind, and Fire because it's... Yeah, it's weird is that a lot of musicals have this problem, especially 70s one, which is they don't know how to build to a climax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you feel like uh, the Apple has the same problem where it's like, the movie's over. You get a big musical number? Nah, the movie's over. Roll the credits. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, more songs. Yeah. Yeah. Just end big. We don't need like 30 more songs that are like low tempo. I mean, yeah. I Jesus Christ Superstar because Andrew Lloyd oh, Webber. Jesus Christ Superstar is banger after banger. Yeah, and but that did uh, lead up to the big performance yeah. at the mm-hmm. end of um, Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ Superstar, Superstar, which is a huge like thing on a stage like thing. And then it ends with the crucifixion and then it ends. But, yeah, because you know. it goes to a fantasy sequence in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, and then it, then it kind of comes down. But Oh, um, what a great movie. Yeah, this one is just like a just Peter's out well i can't uh, wait till we get but, to the you will not believe what is in the end of this movie but we have her almost there <laughs> okay so anyway she cries she revives peter frampton and then i think she's like kidnapped by yeah uh, she is kidnapped by, and, Mr. and like they sing a lot of songs to her holy crap so when she's, i'm 64 it's like uh yeah. aerosmith uh it, it, they end up at Aerosmith's lair at the end. Yeah, which is like uh, this FVB, isn't it? Future Villain Band. Future Villain Band. And uh, yeah, exactly. Strawberry Fields is like tied up in this sort of circular contraption and I, thing. And I will like, say, uh, Aerosmith sings Come Together. Good Come cover. Together. Like, like, like good. It, it, it matched their voice. I was like, yeah, this kind of rocks. Yeah, that's you know? like, oh, a man. Good, it's like a good cover. Every time it. I see Steve Tyler's face, I'm like, man, he looks so weird. <laughs> he just has a weird face. Justin. Yeah, he just has a weird face. Like, because like you would look Old at him now young. and you'd be like, oh, what did he do with plastic surgery? But then you look at him here in 1978, you're no. like, no, he's always looked like that. He's always looked like that. He's, he's just an older he's version of that. He's got a really yeah. big mouth and that's why yep. he's good at singing. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you think that's what it is? <laughs> it all has to do with the size of your mouth. you and your giant mouse will one day be very good singers. You'll be it's the really best the singer only job in the world. You, have. Yeah. Um, you will have a rock and roller coaster named after you. <laughs> They, uh, well, yeah, so they do a great cover. She's tied up, and then the band comes in, uh, Billy Shears and uh, his boys. The Bee Gees come in, and they have a fight. And they're like fighting. What's them. missing from this is like a music off. Uh, like, do you really want Don't they dance fight? Do you really want a music off at this point after like listening to? Yes, I do. I want songs. a Xanadu style. You know that one where yeah, it's yeah. Like two different styles yeah, and they yeah. come together. Speaking of which, this, this movie is compared a lot to Xanadu, and Xanadu I feel is a lot better. But Xanadu also Ooh, disagree. The disagree. Well, well, you're wrong. But Xanadu, Xanadu's so dull. But, but the songs are so much better. No. Than the Beatles songs? Yes, well, the Xanadu songs are better than I don't the, think the, be- the Beatles covers. Let's just say that there aren't any like George Burns songs in Xanadu. <laughs> but the, yeah, but that made me laugh. Xanadu I, has I, the same problem. We did an episode on Xanadu, didn't we? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it has the same problem where the the musical numbers are great and then the plot is kind of meh. Like I don't mm-hmm. even yeah, but there's care, only like five you know? musical numbers in Xanadu. No, even though I will more. say Xanadu the song. 
sung by Olivia Newton-John and written by ELO, better than any song the Beatles have ever written. Oh, it's it's Xanadu. it's great. Oh, I thought Xanadu had a great soundtrack. I love ELO. But uh, yeah, so instead, you know, we're ending the movie with Peter Frampton like straddling fucking Aerosmith guy what's Steven his name Tyler. Steve Tyler oh, like the movie's not ending here but there's like six more songs I know I know but, and, and then I guess like Starby Field saves Peter Frampton but she's still kind of tied dies. up in this contraption <laughs> this stunt like I wanted to rewind it it, it was like insane died. her contraption falls off like it must be like 10 or 15 feet. It could feet. have been a really good looking dummy. I don't know. Though. It, the it, way it moves. Yeah. It looks like she takes a huge nasty hit, like falling off these, uh, yeah. this platform onto the stairs. And surprise, surprise, mm. the character dies. Yeah. She's, she's dead. <laughs> so they get a new actress. Uh, no, no, the character dies. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we end up back. She's dead. And now we have to go through an entire funeral scene oh, with two Jesus songs. Christ. What were they thinking? Like that, like it's over. <clears throat> like the villains have been defeated and now we just watch them be sad. Yeah. So it's For Peter like Frampton crying minutes. and like singing and then, you know, and they she's go on a long and winding casket. road is what they say. Yeah. yeah. Long and winding road. Oh, and then it goes into to carry that way. Carry that way. Oh, no, he sings golden slumbers, which goes into carry that way. So we got that song too. That's during the funeral. And then we, after the funeral, all the BGs are just sitting around all sad. Peter Frampton is really depressed. He's singing. Then like Barry Gibb sings a friggin' song. Barry Gibb it gets his own moment where we go into day in, a day in the day life. Day in the life, yeah. And he has like a little out of body existential experience, which is kind of what that movie, that song, I guess. Yeah. That you he gets say lost in his hair. <laughs> like in yeah. the monkeys movie. So he like imagines himself back at the... Uh, uh, record label and then he jumps back and then like he i, I almost jump back I, yeah well, i almost no, that, feel like they just, just put this in the movie they put this whole weird death sequence in the movie just so we could have the day in the life song i don't know so we can have this big depressing ending it's quite possible but yeah it is it is heading into like depressed town and like peter, peter frampton, frampton is about to de- commit suicide literally he's not about guys. to commit suicide he does commit suicide <laughs> well he jumps off the roof and he's saved by my favorite part of the movie and this is like a much needed jolt of energy at this point mm-hmm. uh it's billy preston doing get back and yeah it is but shit. it's so baffling and out of nowhere well, the weather the weather vane from the beginning spins so fast it comes alive and turns into and billy it's, it's billy preston like a gold suit and he's like shooting lightning bolts at people and like yeah ch- it would changing have made the sense town. if billy preston had been like the sergeant pepper from the beginning no no, that gets it, killed. no it's it's all good don't worry about it's it it's just nobody in the movie it's just uh musician it's, you know it's fucking billy, billy preston, preston as himself yeah he's yeah. like the yeah. only guy who uh in this movie he played the original keyboard on on get back so so he he uh zaps billy uh billy frampton <laughs> peter frampton <laughs> billy frampton <laughs> and he 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 falls backwards they roll it backwards so he doesn't uh fall and kill himself yeah but he's like he goes around shooting lightning at the entire town and he's changing the town back to how it was like you know all the prostitutes are going he changes the arcade back and changes all sort of mr mustard into a pope yeah you move this <laughs> yeah the pope the real criminal this this song is so awesome and he just like uh this song needed to be much earlier in the movie like yeah, and shave his out. performance is just um fantastic like, yeah i'm like bad. where is well, this i feel bad for him he's being like dragged on these wires oh he's awesome uh, his, his version of it is so cool well of course he brings strawberry fields back to life because i mean i was like and he can't, she can't this movie can't but end don't with even her like dying. she doesn't even run up to Peter Frampton and kiss her I think she just runs back home never to be seen again she's just there 
yeah. and they dance and then their outfits change and um a happy ending i guess yeah, yeah. that'd be and amazing my favorite part a cavalcade of stars Holy on screen shit. doing a dance that they clearly never got a chance to choreograph. No, everybody looks so okay. This is like the end of the thing. It's like a, a bigger version of We Are the World. It's like just hundreds of celebrities. It's supposed to be an homage to the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. Right, but there are so many more people. Yeah, there's more than even on that cover. But holy shit, every, and they're cutting to close-ups and you just feel bad for every single celebrity. You're like, oh no, there's Tina Turner. Oh God. I read online that they sent engraved invitations to everyone in Hollywood <laughs> and just took whoever would come. Yeah. Really? And they gave yeah. okay. them all so their own would, like, hotel rooms. That would and explain stuff. why like Keith Carradine is there. It's very random. Reason. And then you see yeah. Sha Na Na and I'm like, God, who is that? It's like, oh, it's Jose Feliciano. And I kept feeling... Oh, man, Leif Garrett is there too? Yeah. I, I just felt yeah. like so bad for everybody. And they all look so awkward and uncomfortable every time they cut to well, them. Trying to wrangle that many people to even do basic dance moves is hard. It's awful. And it was just like a whole cavalcade of like, I don't know, all these like really ugly white people in the back. <laughs> Like, well, those I think yeah, those were just man, like, Wolfman Jack, Wolfman Jack. I think they just had extras in the back to fill it out. I think it was his crew members because yeah. they didn't look like they should be on camera or in yeah. a band. Look at those fuglies. They gotta be crew members. <laughs> it's like either that or like they're from Steely Dan or something. Yeah, no, they're all the dealers that they put in the back of the. <laughs> all the <laughs> celebrities like 40, that are drug 50. dealers. <laughs> And they, they all look so unhappy and like really uncomfortable. They cut to, they cut to Tina Turner multiple times, I think, because they're like, people will recognize her. Well, they put her at the front and I felt so well, bad. Well, they saved Dame Edna for last. <laughs> it's a big close up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is that Dame Edna? Yeah, it's what April said. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't yeah. know Dame Edna was around in the 70s. I, she was around in Australia, but I don't think she was really well known in America. Like, I have never She's seen anything that Dame Edna is in. And that was the first person I recognized. So I've just like, seen her stand up on Just for Laughs. Yeah, I know of her. She's like the Jiminy Glick of Australia or something. Yeah, Barry Humphreys plays <laughs> yeah. uh, the character. Yeah. Um, oh, but poor yeah, Etta James is there there's too. There's so oh. many. There's, uh, Hall and Oates are in there apparently. Are they really? Uh, yeah, I didn't see them, but again, it was on the big list in the credits. Oh, as soon as well, I, Hall and Oates are there. As soon as Wait, I saw... Wait, maybe it was Seal and Crofts. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Hall and Oates are there. Seal and Crofts. I can't yeah. believe they got Shaw, Nah, and Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Snap, crackle, and pop didn't respond to the letter of invitation. This is where you would have the Muppets, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. I'm surprised they didn't. They turned them down. Kermit just threw, <laughs> Kermit, Kermit threw the invitation in the garbage. You're like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, is the movie over? Pretty much. Yeah, we, it's done. You know what? I mean, Wait, no, no, there's there's five more songs left. <laughs> we never mentioned the Mr. Kite sequence. Oh, God. Uh, there's way too many songs in this movie. Too many songs. Wait, does it, what, was, what is the Mr. Kite sequence? I think that's when they're going back to Heartland after being in L.A., and they're coming in on a bus, and there's, like, circus performers. Yeah. Oh, right, right. For the benefit. Oh, yeah, because yeah. George Burns' name is Mr. Kite. Right. So oh, they can sing is? for the benefit oh. of Mr. Kite because they're doing a benefit concert. Just gotta work, <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta work it in. They gotta tie all those songs together <laughs> into some can. like yeah. semblance of a narrative. Um, I mean, this is no across the universe, right, April? Uh, it's not. I brought up, I wanted to just bring that up now. Um, what do we think about that movie? Never seen it. Uh, 
I think it's okay. So when I got thrown out of a theater because I was on a date during it. What were you doing during the date? We were t- we were just chit chatting. <laughs> it was like an empty theater, and I felt bad. We left. So when that came out, I got um, you thrown out for like making out. No, too yeah, loudly for like making out. No, <laughs> for obscenity. Um, <laughs> for obscenity, exposing yourself. I was in. in Go check uh, my criminal records. So I was in college, and that came out during the time when we were obsessed with the Beatles, and me and my friends uh, loved it. Uh, I. Think I saw in the that theater. That movie has twice. the same problem too, though, where it just runs out of steam by the end. Yeah, the end is definitely. It also has like a downer because one of the characters goes to war and comes back, and one of the characters gets deported, and then it ends with um, they do a, a concert on the roof, and the deported character comes back, and he has a, a very sh- small reunite re- reunion with uh, his girl. Oh, and then that's, that's um, it. The. Uh, Musical number where he goes to Vietnam is the most Julie Taylor sequence of it's that. It's ridiculous. That's the she's yeah, so heavy. Like, Happiness. Oh is no, a that warm one, they're like that shooting one. up. Bang, bang, that has shoot, Selma shoot. Hayek as five nurses in it. Um, yeah, I'm seeing right. um, quadruple. You're seeing double. Ten nurses. Five Selma <laughs> Hayek's. But anyway, I really liked that movie when it came out a lot. And when it came to video, we, me and my friends watched it on video. Really? Um, and wow. then years and years and years later, I revisited it and I was like, oh, this is actually bad. <laughs> this might be a bad Wait. movie. <laughs> um, but I, and I couldn't even finish it. But I will say, I think it's, uh, in, it's, it's enjoyably bad the way this movie is. Um, enjoyably bad uh, i think this one is more crazy and coked up than across the it definitely universe. is but th- that movie has much weirder visuals though like there's a scene oh, the she's so that. heavy sequence has um a bunch of army guys in their underwear carrying uh, the statue of liberty in yeah uh, but that's real like like, um, like in a in, that, that's real julie Taymor stuff well, yeah, yeah that's her name julie Taymor. um but yeah that movie is a lot more serious didn't than, she direct the lion king the stage broadway she, musical yeah uh, the broadway yeah yeah and so spider-man she turn out the dark oh Oh, yeah. yeah, Spider-Man Turn Out the oh, Dark. Oh, man. That is a musical that has awful, awful songs. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. And uh, as far as like the covers go in um, uh, Across the Universe, I-, I think that most of them are probably better than the ones in this. I'll get high with a little help from my that friends one when they're getting a... high in college. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one had, Don't you get it? It? it had Joe Cocker come, do, uh, come together, which was really good. Um, but they... Uh, this movie, as far as the songs go, it's like um, a quarter of them are good and the rest of them are just bad covers, in my opinion. Well, they're just like uninteresting covers, but you know, as much as I love the Bee Gees, like, okay, if you're just going to do a... I don't the, like them singing the Beatles songs. Some of them are okay. Some of them are okay. Yeah, nice voices. The Day in the Life is okay, but I, I just like- don't feel like it was suited for them. Yeah, I don't know. I like I like the Bee Gees, but it's just I like the they were just sort of uninteresting covers where <laughs> we're it's just a they're just they're just doing the same song the same way. But yeah, they like, were just eh. yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's yeah. my main issue is that I like it when they like make it into like multiple people. Like she's so heavy. Like they tried something with that where like multiple people sang the song. Yeah, uh, but if they're just standing on stage and doing their cover, that's boring. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say, like, I would recommend this movie, but I think that you need to be like with some friends or um, <laughs> at a party. I think uh, at a party would be great because during the long, boring, uh, songs, you can skip you can a song. Ta- well, you could just yeah, talk, just talk or know? like sk- skip the songs, skip ahead. Yeah, uh, this movie is available on iTunes. You can rent it. I think you can also rent it off YouTube. Um, 
it's uh like five bucks yeah and uh yeah if you want to email the podcast we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com and uh we're on twitter at no such thing pod and uh patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie if uh you want to get a little bonus episode every two weeks we just recorded one on coming to america which one i love the john landis movie. who knows <laughs> wait uh, aren't we almost at 200 people? Oh my gosh. I think we're like three patrons away from uh, 200 uh, patrons. And when we get... And what does it mean when we hit 200? When we hit 200, we're going to release a special... <laughs> we all explode. A special Q&A <laughs> episode. Uh, Only 200. Which will be our, our second Q&A episode. We are two people away oh my gosh. as of the recording of this. If, 198. If you're hearing this, make it happen. Because as soon as we hit 200, um, well, I'll start collecting collecting questions and we'll uh, we'll do that episode. Oh, man. We talk about the real bad movies on this show. I'm just scrolling through here. Monster <laughs> Hunter, Green Book, Bad Boys for life 10 at wonder woman 1984 <laughs> so if you want that content yeah um and the q a will be on there <laughs> as well good. that's good um i also uh, did a guest spot on the this film is lit podcast last week where i compare um the book and the movie of the never ending story so check that out um uh, one of the co-hosts is brian from good bad or bad bad if you know that uh show on youtube it was a lot of fun. Check it out. And my uh, Twitter is uh, at April Atmansky. You can follow me on Twitter, DeCluj, D-E-C-L-O-U-X, letter J. And also catch me every week. I do a YouTube show called The Best New Movie Shows, where I take three new movies and I pick the best one. Just search Best New Movie Show or Film Trap. That's the name of the channel. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. Uh, so that's it for this week. we got to go because you can probably hear our cat meowing because he wants to be fed. Um, it's me so meowing because I, I, yeah. I have to go pee pee. Okay, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for dropping by. Uh, I'll see you next thanks week. Thanks for dropping I'm by. April Lemansky. <laughs> I'm Justin McLean. And I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs>